0: I'm going to start with Singleton. I don't know if it's the number 10 or what, but like he gives me like Pacheco vibes for some reason. I don't know what it is yet. Pacheco probably runs a little bit more angry, but like... <laughs> nobody run more angry. Yeah, he, he runs... What's
1: up, Jersey Legends. Shout out to Pacheco.
0: Maybe it's the Jersey number, but I, I love Singleton's game. I think, you know, he has home run ability. We spoke off cam a little bit
1: but you know we're more mature now than obviously where we were when we stepped on campus into State College but you've had like I said three different coaches I had two at Penn State Um, just give us a little give us maybe one or two tidbits about what you appreciate maybe now about each coach that you may not have realized in the moment back then
0: I would say for Joe uh, like when we first came in like all our guys had to be you know Clean shave. Uh, when we travel, we're traveling in suits. Um, you know, we're looking apart how we present ourselves is everything. And you know, being eighteen, like in high school, we we never traveled like that. You know, mm-hmm. we went we had our pads on. I was like, oh, I'm not too sure why we're doing this, but like now, like as I'm, you know, getting up and getting dressed for work every day, when I'm going into that, you know, that office of mine, I, you know, I'm I'm putting my best foot forward and. Uh,
1: College football tees, college basketball tees, whatever you need. Mercury has you covered with the best merch out there. We're talking about high quality clothing, inexpensive. And the best part is I have a 15% discount for everybody who goes and gets some right now. Use the code below. Hit the link in the description and go get your merch now. Use the code to get 15% off. What are you waiting on? Go do it.
2: What's up, folks? Back here with my guy, B-Bell. Another episode of The Pocket um, I'm stoked about this one. I think we're gonna we're gonna kind of go off the rails a little bit. We're gonna focus on what we need to focus on and keep up with our off season thing. We're gonna talk about the running backs. We got uh, one one of our former teammates, uh, Bill Belton, joining us. Guy who I have been coaching with for the past few years at his alma mater, Winslow High School down here in South Jersey. He's Jersey. doing a lot of really good things. Yeah, man! I, another South Jersey guy. It's like a big theme for us now. We're just we're just. Hey, I, don't, I don't mind that one bit. I know you don't. I know you don't.
1: I gotta get some more Virginia representation in here. Yeah, we got we got a lot of we got a lot of, we got yeah, we got a lot of PSU Virginia guys. Who's another one? Yeah. Um there's a lot of them. We'll we'll catch up.
2: Tyler Warren is now, you know. Mm. We got some guys. But anyway, um Bill's going to, I think Bill's got a really cool perspective on a lot of things. Uh, I unfortunately was not able to be part of this interview. I got hung up last night. I was actually uh, with Saquon and Grant. We were doing a, uh, he's got an event coming up that we're going to, we're going to be giving everyone more details about, but we were, we were testing a a golf course that we're potentially going to be doing this at and um, ended up getting caught up at dinner with them and catching up. So Sometimes uh, things get in the way, but that's why it's great to have a, a great, fantastic wingman in B-Bell, being able to hammer that yeah, one. So. It's about
1: family. You were with family. Yeah, I know. was with family. It's all, it's all good.
2: I know it is. So um, so we got that going down. So I, I want to dive into this right now because this is what I'm seeing on all the message boards. I'm seeing it on Twitter. Um I don't I, I I have such a skewed opinion because uh, I think you do too, because we've both been through this, but everyone is talking about the winter workouts competitor of the day. B like what what's your take on Because i 'Cause I'm gonna go I'm gonna go in on this a little bit. I wanna I wanna give you the floor right now to talk about right. the winter workout competitor of the day and how much Penn State social media is eating this up and why
1: i mean i'll start with i'm glad they are you know focused and paying attention i mean that's good it's in sense of just you know all eyes are always on the program when it comes to winter workouts for those that may not know it's the, the grueling part of the off season for these kids these guys it's five you know on the field five o'clock ready to go so you're getting up four 4 30 and it's the toughest workout. It's more of a, almost to me, it's more of a at least it was for us, more of a mental battle than a, well, it's it's physical too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> a mental and physical, like, battle of fortitude, you know, to really, like, chisel the armor of, like, our, we're warriors, we're grinding, this is off-season, getting us prepped for the season to come. And what Penn State does is they anoint a workout warrior of the day per position and what I know you're alluding to is the quarterback position, which we're all paying attention to uh, this offseason with the two guys that we had last season, but also the new uh, new newcomer, uh, Grudemeyer, that, the kid that just uh, enrolled. And, you know, there's a lot of stock being put in that Drew has not been named a workout warrior of the day, I believe. He got one. He got one. Okay, he got, he got one. one. He got one. That's yeah. good. I thought yeah. he still did that, Vinny. But, um, you know, Prabula has been racking them all up. Which, I mean, look, it's it's no shock that the more athletic guys are winning these awards. I mean, but uh, Drew, bigger set guy. Yeah, I think he's he's he reminds me of like a big Ben type S size, like weight to I don't know what he officially weighs, but he's bigger than he's bigger than I was, like he's like he's like 240 almost 245. Like, I mean, he's he's a big cat, he's good at that's a natural 240, which as he matures, I'm sure he'll trim up and things like that, but that's later down the line. So, I think it's probably been if it's if I can imagine. 'Cause I was not the best guy. I might I may have won one or two as well, but I'm not putting too much stock into it because it's when I look at Bo and I look at Drew just off athleticism, I'm gonna put my money on the younger, I mean not younger, the smaller, quicker, more athletic guy on these on the type of drills that are going down on these early mornings. Before we get to the next topic,
2: we're gonna take a minute to talk about factor meals. Now, I know that there's a ton of food delivery service options out there. I'm going to stand on the table here and say this. Factor Meals does it different. Pre-prepared, chef-crafted, dietitian approved We've gotten the chance to test them here at The Pocket. I just got mine this past week. Phenomenal meals, super easy. Throw them in the oven. Like, they, like I said, they're pre-prepared. Pop them out, throw them on a plate. I'm a new father, got a wife. I'm unfortunately the one that does the majority of the cooking in the house, so whenever I need a break, this is a great option for me. Meals, two minutes or less. They got snacks. They got smoothies. They got little little juice drinks. It's super flexible. It fits into my schedule when need be. No mess. I also do the dishes, so therefore, minimal dishes when it comes to preparation with factor meals. Really, really, really highly recommend them for your day-to-day operation. So, If you like what I'm talking about, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, please head over to factormeals.com slash pocket 50 and use code pocket 50 to get 50% off. That's code pocket 50 at factormeals.com slash pocket 50 to get 50% off. I know that's a lot of pocket 50s, but you guys get the gist. 50% off to cut into about 75% of your meal prep time. Phenomenal. And I highly recommend them. So that's a good point, because I dealt with that with Trace, right?
1: Like, I dealt with that with Trace. And you were an athlete. It's, we, like you said, he was out. bigger than you were.
2: Yeah. But, but I mean, on, on a different – kind of a same wavelength, like, I get it. Like, I had to – like, I had to <laughs> sell the fuck out yeah. if I wanted to win in sprints running with, you know, the, the middle group that we usually win with. Like, I had to – and I, I did. Mm-hmm. But – Like, I get that, and that's why I think it's, like, a little ridiculous. Like, like Drew's – it's not like Drew's not working hard. Like, you outlined this perfect. To me, winter workouts is not about competing at all. It is, but it's Mm. not. It's about surviving (laughs) and building a foundation with a group of guys. Like, I'll paint the picture. B was there – like, B said, we're in there dumb early. Like, I was in the hot tub at, like, 4 o'clock. Every day, getting mentally prepared. I was literally doing a meditation session in the hot tub before winter workouts at 4 a.m. I was, I, my, I would wake up 30-minute increments starting at 1 right, o'clock. Right. Nervous. <laughs> nervous, dude. Not even nervous, just like, this is going to blow. <laughs> and and we go in. We wouldn't even stretch. Coach would blow a whistle, and we'd have to run two laps full speed around Haluba tighten our backs up in Back dude we were locked up <laughs> then we would go into like a light position drill when we were allowed to and then we'd go into stretch so like dude you were just miserable from the jump <laughs> and then it was what was it like seven station. it was like seven or eight and we started at like seven minutes a session uh uh uh, uh, station, uh yeah. a rotation and you would do like one drill for seven minutes straight and we were broken up into pretty tight groups. Like we didn't have like long lines. Like you basically would finish your rep, get in the back of the line, have like maybe 10 seconds, 15 seconds tops. And then you were back going again, whether it was like Chuck Losey with the martini drills or Deej with the mat drills. It was just like, you were just surviving, dude. Like that's, that's the best way I can put it. So I know I got fired up there. I got on a rant. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where some guys are going to finish first than other guys, but it's not because the other guy is, like, not trying. Yeah. Everyone's just surviving. Everyone's dying. And, like, you have your competitive points throughout the, throughout the thing. Coach Franklin likes to throw in those tire yeah. pulls, all the other stuff. The sled push one, I remember, like he would put me against Trace after we had already done sled pushes and everything with, you know, sled sprints. Like it was just kind of one of those things that you would throw out. And it's little it's more like little breadcrumbs Mm -hmm. that I think differentiate who the coaching staff is going to say was the competitor of the day for the quarterback room or the linebacker room or the whatever. It, It was, you know, it was what it was. I promise you, we weren't going home talking about. Yeah. it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like we all were just tapping each other up. Like, all right, that's it. I remember the. I think the last year in our apartment, it was me, Sickles, uh, Brendan Mann. No, it was it was the first year mm-hmm. in, our, in our apartment. It was uh, me, Sickles, Brendan Mann, and Andrew Nelson.
1: Nelson,
2: I had I literally had uh, a stack of papers because I think there's like 15 winter workouts. Mm-hmm. Numbered one through fifteen, and when we would get back to the apartment after the winter workout, we would literally go and light that number on fire out in front of the apartments and burn it.
1: So (laughs) that is that's just it's funny you say. Like we we do not talk about it afterhand after the fact. Only most we probably talked about was who puked, who had a rough go, (laughs) how bad it was, and then it was like, all right, I don't want to talk about that again because we know we got it in another day. Or a day later, we got to do it again. And I remember, yeah, I remember freaking what was it? Econ 102. This is my second take of Econ 9 a.m. across campus. I forget which building. And I was doing great. Oh, yeah, that was that was was a 15 minute walk, dog. And it was at least I used to tell people when the workouts were so tough, when you take a nap at 7 a.m., your first nap at 7 a.m., you know you're beat. So I would take a nap before classes, 9 a.m., across campus. I wake up from my nap at 8. My Maybe I snooze a little bit, and it's snowing, like downpour snow. And I did not make it to class this day. But yeah. in hindsight, I needed to go because I didn't turn in a homework It threw me off my class schedule. I had to take another class the next semester. Oh, I was so pissed. I can only be mad at myself. I called the professor. I gave every excuse I could. Baby on the way. Car broke down. He wasn't biting it. (laughs) That's how how rough the workouts were, man. And
2: the other thing is, is like that like hour and 15 minute nap. When you woke up, you felt like you woke up like the next week. Yeah. It was like you—you you felt like you slept for <laughs> you know ten days. You went into a damn coma. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's cool and all. You know, the program does it. I think it. I think it adds a little spice to the dead period and off season and something for us us fans to look forward to. But I just really wanted to take some time there to paint the picture of what winter workouts is really all about from two old heads. Yeah. And uh, now I think you guys know, yeah. you know so, what I mean? And I think uh, you guys can understand where, where I come from when I'm talking about this. Like I don't talk about this ever. <laughs> it's, it's not about that. It's about finishing it, checking the box and
1: keeping it moving. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's not to discredit any of the guys that have won or winning yeah. It's kudos to them. Great work. But when it comes to Saturdays in the fall, some of those guys will contribute, but there will be a lot of other names that did, that we did not see pop up during this period that will be, you know, game week yeah. weekend and week out. Yeah. So it's, it's an important thing for college football and a team, but it's not the most important thing.
2: Yeah.
1: It's a culture. Yeah. It's a culture. Building. Shoot, you remember that first, the first of our first winter workouts after our freshman season, you know, we had maybe forty walk-ons due to the you know sanctions and things of that nature, and that slice probably like half, more than half of them quit during that first winter workout series.
2: Oh, bro, well, I still remember the the infamous. I mean, he wasn't even a walk-on, Tanner Hartman, Tanner, who yeah. was going to be a good ball and it was the damn. <laughs> He dude, he walked out the back door. The only thing that was left of him was snow footprints leaving the Paluba Hall, walking back to the locker room, walk out the door, dude. Man. So a lot of a lot
1: of heated uh, discussions between players and coaches during these winter workouts for sure. Yeah, they go, man, they go. So i will be remiss to say I think I was under. I'm pretty sure I was undefeated entire pool. Maybe I might have been challenged yeah. five or six times. I'm pretty sure I lost in a sled battle. Sleds weren't my thing, but tire pool, I was, I was great at.
2: Yeah. I, um, I can't even remember, but I know, I know Trace and I did have a good, like Trace and I, although Trace was a different athlete, Mm -hmm. we, 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 we matched up pretty well with some things. So that was fun, but you know, I, I, and now this is kind of the meat and potatoes that I really want to get into as well, like bigger level conversations going on with the landscape of college football. And, and obviously this is a little bit of an older one, but we haven't really gotten the chance to talk about it with this offseason thing that we've been doing. So this merger between the between the SEC and the Big Ten where they're doing like a consultative, and I'm not super privy to it. I've I've paid attention. I've read a few articles. I don't know the the nuts and bolts, so – you know, make sure you guys light me up in the comments. But um, basically the gist of it is, is the, the Big Ten and the SEC are putting together some type of advisory board that consists of athletic directors and commissioners of each conference. And they are going to help guide the NCAA with creating a model and a more successful model with the transfer portal and NIL and reshaping the mechanics of, of college football as, as we see it today. What are your thoughts on that B? I'm going to keep going to you first. I think uh, I, I got, I got some big ones. And I think this is a really interesting discussion because it's very high level. I think it's slightly political in a lot of yeah. ways. And it's yeah. something that, you know, we all need to be cognizant about, especially, especially the fans, you know, because it is going to change, I think the way, things are handled and the core of what, I think a lot of people view college football as are you paying too much for health insurance too busy to read long complicated policies well guess what here at the pocket we got a solution for you Motti Health Patrick Motti former letterman he's doing a fantastic job in this industry he leverages years of expertise to build a customized health insurance policy for you and your needs individual plans family plans Patrick ensures you get the best protection for your health and budget Motti Health one broker endless solutions now offering up to $500 cash bonus for every customer referral. So quit overpaying for your health insurance. Visit modihealth.com to schedule a free consultation with Patrick himself.
1: Yeah, 100%. And now I'll let you rip off, but it definitely, what I always say is when things start to make too much sense, that's when you got to kind of look out and it started the advisory board right now is what, are we, what you say, just pitching ideas and trying to figure out the landscape, but they start making too much sense. And like you said, they're not opposing the NCAA, but they start making too much sense. Some of these maybe ideas or rules that they come up with, I can easily see that becoming a, a nationwide thing. And as we keep talking about the kind of maybe disbarring this, this of the NCAA and what it is today for the future college football, because I know you were the first person I've heard say what it kind of needs to be, follow more of a – NFL landscape uh, as far as like commissioners and kind of individualized a little bit. So we'll see, but I, it's, it's necessary. I'm not sure where, what will come of this right now, but it seems very much necessary.
2: I know the one quote I read was we have no intentions of replacing the NCAA and like, When you make a comment like that, probably (laughs) means that's your intention. It's kind of what you were saying. Like, mess around making too much sense. And when you look at it realistically, the, the power is within the brands and the schools. And both of those conferences have the most electric brands in college football, the most profitable brands, the most recognizable brands. And it is interesting because there's another thing I want to touch on. You know, the NCAA is they've, – they've faced backlash in the past. You know, when we were in school, yeah. and we talked about it with Horman, with the Northwestern yeah. players trying to unionize yeah. and stuff like that. They've faced battles and they've put out fires, but I don't think they've ever faced this volume of battles on various fronts. No. And you know, the Tennessee and Virginia just disbanded the, the 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 timeline in which when NIL can take effect with players. So they're saying that, you know, you had to wait until college to start having NIL discussions. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why Quinn Ewers left his senior year and went to Ohio State. So like, kid made a kid made you know a ballsy move couple of years later, now you're starting to see some legislation saying that you can now start having NIL discussions with high school athletes. That completely opens the floodgates to donors and, you know, backdoor deals and those old dark lit mafioso type cigar rooms, which I don't think is a good thing. I think it's a good thing for the players to be able to start having that discussion and understanding their valuation in the market earlier. But I don't think that that's necessarily a good thing when you're trying to decide where you're going to school. And that goes back to the larger discussion of like. There needs to be cap. There needs to be salary cap. They need to level the playing field because Texas A&M can buy anybody they want based upon their funding and their donors, and it's been that way for years. It goes back to the Bear Bryant days and the Junction <laughs> Boys. Like, it, there's just communities and booster clubs that can do more, and it's an unfair advantage. So you, you really have to start figuring out how can we level out this whole NIL thing? How can we allow players to make money off of their name image and likeness, which I think is completely reasonable. And I think I've been on this bandwagon for a while um, while also keeping the integrity and the purity of what college sports are. And that's a very hard, that's a very hard dynamic to tackle. But I think you have, again, two of the large, the two conferences in college football coming together and saying, let's figure out how to do this. It should be really scary right. for the NCAA yeah. in terms of their reign with, you know, the amateurism of college athletics. Um. And realistically speaking, you know, like, uh, let's, let's just get into it. You know, the, 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 the timeline now with being able to talk to college, high school athletes, like that's a big thing. I know that, I mean, I'm sure you've heard this stuff too. And, you know, I want to get your take mm-hmm. on it, but, you know, kids – the first question – when we went to school, I I may have outlined this in the past. Like, my high school coach made me write out, like, a list so I could compare apples to apples right. with all the schools that I wanted to attend. And it was, like, academics, athletics, and then social. Um, and, it, you know, he always used to say, Christian, you know, you can you can get hurt and never play another down. You got to be happy where you're at school and so on and so forth. And he was right. But, um, you know, now that's not necessarily the right. case. I could, you know, right. rehab and go somewhere else you. or, you know, I could – you know, ask how much the school is going to pay me versus that school. So like talking about the high school level, do you think that it's a good thing for 15, 16, 17 year old kids to now be talking about finances and like market valuations of their brand really based on their play and performance and physical talent?
1: I mean, it's such a double-edged sword, kind of what you were alluding to, where it's great, yes, young players, women, men, any sport. I know we're talking football probably brings the most dollars. But any sport, if you're, you know, you're grinding, you should pay attention to what you can accumulate based off your name, image, and likeness because, as we know. And we always talk about this, but I don't mean to cut you off,
2: but we always talk about, like, like football is such a small window. Yeah. You know, what I mean? Like realistically speaking, just because of the physicality of the game, it's such a small window. And I want to throw that out no, there just to get the perspective of it.
1: Very important. Let's stick with football. That's a great, great fact. So why not should these young players, 15, 16, start taking notice and knowledge of, you know, this window of time, possible window of time for the, let's just say at 16, you know, NFL is not for long, but let's just say the next 20 years to the 30, uh, 36. Right. If I can accumulate, know my market share, know my value, I should start learning about it. But the double-edged sword of it is, is when it becomes too much of a focus, like you said. If this is the determining factor for everything is, you know, my cut, my share, that takes away from high school football, ultimately, like you said, the purest sport, the college football, and it's it taints the game. I mean, I've I've heard from several yeah. whether it's coaches now, players that are maybe more mature, that can understand like, hey, this kid is walking in our locker room making X we talked about last episode. There's expectations for a certain amount of money you're getting, where in college, if you're not reaching that, nothing really happens. And the league, yeah. hey, you're not doing it. We'll see you later. That's not necessarily happening. And I see it with my yeah. i have young nephews that are about to embark in high school football. And, you know, we're, they're on the track to uh, hopefully accumulate college looks and hopefully scholarships down the road. But I see it now. It's affecting them. It's, you know, I don't know if it's coaches in the area. Or just, hey, you should start posting stuff online. You should make an Instagram account. You should make a YouTube and do this and do that, which is not a bad thing. But for young kids that maybe not have all the knowledge and for parents that may not have been through the process and know what is what's really going on, I can see it being a lot for a 14, 13 year old kid that's trying to make sure he's he's being noticed on every forefront where it should just be, hey, go handle business at school, go ball out as you should anyway and let the cars fall where they may. But now it's, you know, I got to post every single thing I do, hopefully get some some notoriety brands and this and that. And to me, it seems like a lot for a a young kid.
2: I mean, it puts pressure like you're taking away their childhood. Like at the end of the day, you're taking away their childhood. But I've also said this. I I said this with Adam when he interviewed me on, on Next Up. It was like the best advice I ever got was from my high school coach. It was like you have to be willing to be different. You have to be willing to be alone. And like if you do want to really reach that pinnacle, whatever that is, right? If you want to be the Patrick Mahomes, the Aaron Rodgers, like those are all things you do have to be cognizant of. Whether you yeah. want like whether you want to or not. Like that was an internal battle I, I always had because I always just wanted to look at it as a game. Mm-hmm. But like it really wasn't. Yeah. And it's not I it's other one. No, no. I was the and, same way. And you're you're like, you're not a kid. Like you have so, you have such a large platform. Like you aren't like, you might be a 16 year old kid, but you're not a kid. People don't view you like that. And that's, that's part of it, man. And there's a lot with, with great power comes great responsibility type of thing. So, you know, I almost wish like, it's hard. And again, it's another moneymaker and there's going to be people coming in for the wrong reasons, but like some type of advisory consortium for these families, like, you know, the NCAA clearinghouse, we had to go in and do that to get, start getting recruited. Like some type of like, clearinghouse regulatory system that starts educating on that space. Right. Like, because it is like, you're going to have recruits who have certain uh, backgrounds where like parents are going to be very affluent in that space. You know, they're going to understand all that. They're going to figure out, they're going to know like, like the Mannings, for example, and how they're handling arch. Like I think they're doing a fantastic job and they've done that across the board like Eli was always kind of in a bubble in the biggest market Mm. in the country in New York. Like he always did a great job of like managing his brand and managing like his public perception. And I see them doing it with Arch now, you know, everyone's putting this pressure on this kid to transfer. And he's like, dude, like why? Like I'm like, I'm like, everything's right here in front of me. And it's just not like, it's not the path of, you know, every other number one quarterback in the country, but it's going to be my path. And ultimately I think it's going to be a great path for him. Um, just looking at it from the outside. And I know that's kind of an oddball to throw in there, but, I, you know, it's it's one of those things, like I think education is really important on this if you are going to start rolling this out, just because of the fragility of these minds yeah. and the, the dynamic of the broad spectrum of backgrounds that these kids are coming from. And it, it, I just think it's really important. I think it's, at the end of the day, you can make college sports what it's about, sports in general, Mm -hmm. but I go back to like what it is about is taking a kid who has a ton of God-given talent and providing them with avenues to maximize that in whichever way they want to, and ultimately doing right by them Mm -hmm. at the end. And that's a tough ask in today's world, man. And it's sad to say, like, I, you know, I got kids, I'm raising a kid, like that's a, that's a very, very tough thing to talk about, but it's true. Like you have to do right by the kid. And I think that there's a lot of adults who are making an ass pile
1: of money from this shit who might not have the right intentions. And I think
2: that's really scary.
1: Yeah. That's, that's the scary part. And even with uh, recruits, parents, I mean, you, as you said, you're raising a child and we've been around sports our whole life. We've known parents that seem to want it more than their kid and will push their kid and add pressure to their kid that maybe, you know, that kid's not ready for. And then we see some kids falter, some kids want it and they rise to the occasion, but that's, that's the scary part. And I, I, that's a great point. You said, some type of advisory clearing house to, Hey, your kid is 16, 15 has aspirations, has a pretty bright future of at least making it to college ranks. This is what you have to go through. If you want to start monetizing off, your name, image, and likeness, you know, and just education being the forefront, but you know, background checks, everything like that, just to make sure everything is protecting the kid. And
2: Yeah. And that's what it's about, yeah. man. Like, and it's about giving them a chance. Mm-hmm. Really, it's about giving them a chance. Um because once you get into that black hole, like it's you know, you got you got people out there scrolling through your Twitter from like like years ago just trying to find that one thing that could be you know changing for you and it's like i just think it's a little ridiculous and you know it's it's a crazy discussion but these are all things that this advisory board (laughs) has to deal with and not us but
1: uh (laughs) i mean i think there think there is a happy medium a happy place where like you said you can do right by the kids the kids can make money the the adults and leadership and everything like that can make money. And the game of college football can still be pure. It's a tough ass, but it is possible. It reminds me of like what I used to talk to like young recruits at Penn State, like, Hey, you can come here, play the best level of college football, be on TV, make it to the league, great education, great network, alumni association and party and have a great college life. But you gotta like you gotta navigate that. It's possible though. You can go off the rails easily, but you also can accomplish all of those things. It yeah. takes, takes, and it just takes takes a village.
2: And I think to put a bow on that too, like at the end of the day, it, it is the kid's decision too. Like, and it's his his circle or his or her circle, and you know their trusted group to 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 take those resources that may or may not be available at that point in time. And like, what you do with it is ultimately, you know, what you're going to get out of Mm -hmm. it too. You know, like you can't force participation, which is tough, right? Like as guys who've been through it, like we know the value in these things. Like it's, you know, you look through things going through work days and stuff like that. Yeah. This is fucking, you know, I'm just, I'm just going through the motions, but now there's a lot of things that like, I went through the motions with where it was like, man, I really wish I did pay attention because it's helping me, you know, down the road and whether it is sports related or not, like it just, it's, it is valuable. And it's that old adage. Like everyone says it like, you know, time flies yeah. or, you know, you really got to pay attention to this and that. And you know, you don't blink. Like it's true. Right. It is. Right. And I, like I, I, cause I was that kid sitting there like, Oh yeah, sure. buddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was that kid.
1: Um, Shoot, man. but, Bill and I, I'm glad we touched on this. It's is going to be a great episode, like you said. Bill and I touched on this because he was, uh, I said, he was part of three regimes at Penn State, which there's only been uh, less than two handfuls uh, at Penn State as far as coaching. He was part of three. Yeah. And he touched on what he kind of took from each, all three of the coaches he had, from Joe Pod, Bill, to um, Coach Franklin. And that was a part of his, like, you know, you're 18, 19, and he talked about his um, you know, he was a little immature when he came in, big recruit, things like that. And it was just like that. You're like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. And then, you know, fast forward ten years, now he's in a position to influence young, young men. It's like, no, I I took I I listen to those lessons now, and they do so much for me, and I can give back so much more because of those lessons, which at the time you wish you like soaked it in a little more, but you know, that's life and that's how it goes. And at the end of the day, you're still in an well, opportune uh, time in your life to give back and help other kids. Yeah. And it's never too late, no, right?
2: No, and like no. Bill's, Bill is a sharp enough guy. Like even though he puts on that front that he wasn't paying attention, like Bill was listening. Yeah. Like Bill always, like that. Like Bill yeah. always listens. It's just a matter of whether or not he applies yeah. it. And I like, I'm saying Bill, but I'm saying like I'm, I was the same way. Like, a lot of kids are that way. Like a lot of kids do listen because you're still so malleable at those ages. You're so, you can be influenced so easily by your surroundings in almost a subconscious manner where you don't even know it. Like you don't even know what's happening, Um, but they do get ingrained in you. So (laughs) it's going to be a tough task. Moral of the story. It's going to be a very, very tough task. And um, I'm excited for it because I do think that there's a lot of very smart people working on this. Hopefully fingers crossed. Um, and I hope that they come up with an all-encompassing thing, and that's again, it's really hard to please all parties. But um, I hope that the main focus is kids, man, doing right by doing right by the athletes. You know what I mean, and, and doing right by them, and making sure that you protect them as much as you can, and you know, you give them access to everything they deserve access yeah. to, which that's. That's the balance in life. That's the hard part. Yeah,
1: but, yeah. hey, man, like you said, it's um, not our job. We'll do our part, spreading knowledge and giving, you know, wisdom to young kids that hopefully take heed to things we say and part of the Penn State locker room. You know, we're going to uh, become more of a part of that, you know, just in the community. And that kind of brings me to, you know, to switch up into this pod is getting back to Penn State and. This episode, we've been doing the position breakdowns. We're onto the running back position, and I mean, this is one of the strong suits still of this team. You know, Ktron Allen, Nicholas Singleton coming back, one-two punch. Whichever way you want to spin it, I think this last year proved that to me that either one of these guys can be the guy, and obviously they're splitting carries and things of that nature. Slightly a you know, less productive season, I think both of those guys would say what they wanted, what they thought would come. What's your thoughts on this upcoming season of what the the production looks like coming out of the backfield?
2: Well, I mean, I think as Penn State fans, we have to enjoy this season because this is going to be the last one. Yeah. With those two guys. <laughs> and they they are special. Yeah. Like, don't don't. Don't get it twisted. They're different in their own way. They they have their own unique characteristics. But I really love watching both of them play. And it was funny watching this year. Like you really to me, you really saw Catron like fit what we were doing offensively. It was more of an efficient run game, less of an explosive run game for whatever reason. You know, maybe we weren't quite getting to those second level blocks. Maybe the backs weren't making, you know, the cuts, just like and that's football. Yeah. So you really can't change that. But like it just seemed like Catron got in a better rhythm this year than Nick did. And then Nick came out at the end of the year. We started getting him involved in the pass game and he started making plays in space, which he's very, very dangerous with with some some separation and the ability to make out a miss. So looking forward to this season, I really hope that Andy does a good job of putting both of those guys in positions to be successful consistently based upon what their skill set dictates. And when you're when you're trying to do that, um, I think the best thing about it, and you know, I, I don't know either of these kids really, really well personally, but everything that I've heard and everything I've talked about, they're best friends. Yeah. They live together. Um, there's no Animized. real Animized. friction or or ego involved in that relationship, which is super easy as a coaching as a coaching staff when you're rolling in. Like you have two kids who are committed to just winning football games and doing their part. Now, I I don't have to worry about. Any other bullshit. I don't have to worry about drama, nothing. I just have to put them in positions to be successful. So I think that's the task is, is go back, study what Nick did two years ago, study what k did really last year, <clears throat> find out where they fit, and just do it over a week in, week out, add wrinkles, but put them in positions, and ultimately it's up to them to make it, right? They have to do it. And uh, I think that there's some steps, you know, like I said, Nick, Nick just seemed a little off early in the year and, you know, I'm happy he got some confidence mm-hmm. leading off in the back half. And, you know, it, you say it all the time. It is so confidence driven. And, you know, fortunately neither of them really took big hits from like the media and outside pressure. You know, there were some, but nothing crazy. And yeah, I just think, I, I think that this room and, historically speaking through coach Franklin's tenure, we've always had guys back there that can be difference makers. I'm sure we probably have two or three kids coming in who are going to be the same, same type of caliber. Yeah. So making yeah. sure you create an environment that is holistic, it shares the wealth and it just puts these kids in positions to be successful. It's vitally important. Um, and that's, I know that's very long winded and very kind of hypothetical, but you know, I, I'm, I'm like that show me guy, dude. I'm a show me right. state type guy. Like I right. just want to see it. And, you know, a lot of the analysis is left to the ball being kicked off mm-hmm. and, you know, seeing, seeing how it plays. So,
1: Yeah, no, you touched on like the confidence thing. I think part of it too could be at least, you know, at least for Nicholas is coming off a of freshman season where he kind of exploded to a certain degree as far as, probably expecting the same amount of production, same amount of big plays. And like you said, for whatever reason, it's just football. They weren't quite breaking. They were close many times. End of the season, you saw once you finally kind of broke one, got in the end zone, um, you kind of released that that tension. But I think the for Coach Kottonecki, the the challenges. What do you do with this, like, abundance? I feel like the the weapons, although our offense didn't necessarily show it on the production stats, the weapons are, like, there's so many of them. Yeah. You know?
2: I mean, it's analysis by paralysis. I think that's kind of what caught mm-hmm. up Yersich, right? Like, you had all these weapons. You and I covered it so much. Like, you really did. Yeah. I mean, you can analyze it however you want, like, if I'm in that locker room and I'm the quarterback of that team, like I'm extremely excited about what's around me on a daily basis. And like, to your point, I think you can almost like, it's, it is also a a double-edged sword in a way where you start overthinking it and you start trying to figure it out and you don't get everybody on the same page and then egos start taking over. And it's like, those things can come off the rails. Those super team type mentalities can come off the rails so fast um and just consume the the room and i just think that's kind of what happened with our offense i think from a mentality standpoint we had some we did some things that showed some tendencies because of our weaknesses but like our weaknesses really weren't large enough to to cause that type of panic right. and it should have been more of a focus on our strengths and how we can maximize those so um I think that kind of answers your yeah. question. Like, like let's, yeah. let's focus on that, spread the wealth. And like, if it's Nick's day, it's Nick's day. If it's Katron's day, it's Catron's day. If it's, uh, you know, if it's going to be Tyler Warren's day, it's going to be his day. Like you're going to figure those things out. And when you're in that environment and as long as you're winning, um, that tends to work out because winning, right. winning, winning cures right. all, winning heals all wounds. So, um, I think that's the balance yeah. is like when you come in, yeah. you know, don't get overwhelmed by it, but just have a positive attitude every day and, and breathe confidence into each of those kids um, and give them opportunities and let the, let the chips fall, you know what I mean? And understand that, you know, hey, it's a merit system. Yeah. You got to earn these yeah. touches. Yeah. You got to earn this. You got to yeah. earn that. And, you know, you will. Uh, and when you do, it's going to be a whole hell of a lot of right. fun. You know
1: what I mean? Yeah. Hey, I'm excited to see a uh, spring bowl rolls out, kind of getting an idea of what we can see on the offensive side of the ball this season. A lot of expectations, yeah. new coach, second year starter for quarterback, running back rooms full of horses, stable, strong. Uh, looking forward to it, man. It should be another, mm-hmm. uh, you know, edge of the seat type of season. I can't, you know, as becoming one of those fans, but. I'm excited for these guys. Yeah. Opportunities there, and as you said, it's it's more than likely this is the last season for both of these backs. So also, you gotta you know roll roll in the, the young guys a little bit, get their feet wet a little bit throughout this season, as we saw some of those guys last season, and uh, you know keep yeah. keep reloading reloading the gun uh, with this team. Yeah, and the interesting thing about that too
2: is is with. <clears throat> With the addition of these teams from the West, you know there's there's going to be less and less cupcake cupcake games on the schedule where you know the Delawares of the world are going to roll in and you're going to be able to roll these guys out in the second half. So a lot of these first impressions for these younger guys are going to come on some pretty big stages. Mm, I love um, it. You know, it's just part <laughs> of it. So I love. Uh, it. I think that that's I think that's going to be another interesting thing to watch is is these guys getting their feet wet there. It's right. You can't you can't temper the fire any any longer as a coach. You have to you have to really get these guys ready to go. Um, and it's going to
1: be against the big yeah, dogs. That's a great point. And, that's a great point. I love that yeah. for the young guys. And know young guys also with transfer portal guys. You know, kind of have a little bit more experience is a big thing right now in college football. And I talked to Bill about that a little bit. And I know we're excited to introduce our guy back into the you know Penn State. Penn State round of fans. You know, we love to open this up to all Letterman, guys we played with, guys we haven't looked up to. There were some brotherhood. So uh, definitely look forward to getting more guys like Bill on here. We talk about getting the rest of the Super 6 on here. Bill, I mean, uh, Dion may be hard. He's a coach now, but we touched on that. So.
2: That the interest that yeah.
1: <laughs> but without further ado, I want to bring in our guy, former Penn State running back, Bill belt into the show into the pocket
2: before we get to the next topic we're gonna to take a minute to talk about factor meals now i know that there's a ton of food delivery service options out there i'm gonna stand on the table here and say this factor meals does it different pre-prepared chef crafted dietitian approved we've gotten a chance to test them here at the pocket i just got mine this past week phenomenal meals super easy throw them in the oven like they like i said they're pre-prepared pop them out throw them on a plate i'm a new father got a wife I'm unfortunately the one that does the majority of the cooking in the house, so whenever I need a break, this is a great option for me. Meals, two minutes or less. They got snacks. They got smoothies. They got little little juice drinks. It's super flexible. It fits into my schedule when need be. No mess. I also do the dishes, so therefore, minimal dishes when it comes to preparation with factor meals. Really, really, really highly recommend them for your day-to-day operation. So, If you like what I'm talking about, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, please head over to factormeals.com slash pocket50 and use code pocket50 to get 50% off. That's code pocket50 at factormeals.com slash pocket50 to get 50% off. I know that's a lot of pocket50s, but you guys get the gist. 50% off to cut into about 75% of your meal prep time. Phenomenal, and I highly recommend them.
1: What's going on, Pocket Listeners? B-Bell here with one of my OGs, one of my guys, Penn State legend, part of the Super 6, the one and only Bill Belton, South Jersey legend also. Man, I remember my first introduction to you, coming from South Jersey as well, was your highlight tape. It had like a Tavon Austin-esque hype to it. I remember you running around that quarterback. Was it number 10, I believe? Yes, sir. Throwing it to your boy. Um and that was my first introduction. When I started to kind of, you know, associate myself with Penn State, everyone in the area was like, oh, do you know Bill? you know Bill? you know Bill? I'm like, "Nah, I don't know Bill. But shortly, we uh, we grew into a relationship once I got up there. I remember those. Uh, I appreciate you for those rides home, those ride home uh, from State College down to Sickerville. My pops meeting you at the diner, meeting us at the diner. What was that, Silver Diner? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's even there anymore. Yeah. But I appreciate you for that.
0: No, absolutely, but. man. Absolutely. <laughs> Other than that, how you been, brother? What's going on? All is well, man. Life has been good. You know, I can't complain. You know, just, you know, working every day, coaching and, um, you know, being a dad.
1: Yeah, amen to that. Amen to that. You mentioned coaching. How's that been? I mean, it's like a lot of guys, you know, guys we played with, it runs through our minds. I know me and you had conversations not too long ago about Myself getting into coaching, I'm not ready yet. I say yet because I don't want to, you know, put a cap on it. But I was that man. I feel like you're a perfect example of what it can be to be a great coach.
0: Um, I, I think it's been it's been very good for me. Um, you know, my past couple of years, I've been at this now for about I want to say like um about six years. Um, it's mm. been very, very good. I learned a lot along the way, um, just from surrounding myself with some, some smart guys in the area. And um, you know, I just I just been you know rolling with it, enjoying it, and um, you know, kind of worked my way up, and you know, in the high school realm, and um, you know, finally took over at my alma mater. And um, you know, things have been going well for us as of late.
1: Yeah, man, y'all, y'all got things rolling down there. Y'all got big time athletes racking up the dubs, I've been paying attention. I know hack has as he's been a part of it, so I mean y'all keep it up as well. definitely I get down there and tap in with y'all a little bit more myself absolutely and as you uh speaking on just coaching what are you taking any you have any influences whether it be coaches you've had you just see from afar college n f l talk to us about that
0: I think uh my influences will be the coaches that had a direct impact on me. I think, um, you know, during my time there, I played for three different staffs, so I got a chance to be around so many, like, good coaches. Um, so many coaches impacted me and my style, whether they know it or not. Um, mm-hmm. Things that I try to take from everybody because, um, you know, ultimately you never know what you're going to need or what you're going to use. Um, and, you know, for me, like, for example, like, Joe was – their staff was all right. Like, look, the meeting starts at you know two o'clock, two fifteen, or whatever, whatever time it may be. Let's just say two o'clock. you, know, you see that one fifty. Mm-hmm. So, like, some of that stuff we're we're using for our kids. If you know, if if we're in the weight room at two o'clock, you guys are in there at one fifty, getting ready for stretch, <laughs> making sure that we're on time. We're on, you know, we're early, yeah. you know, to you know, we're we're early, doing. Right. so.
1: Yeah, man. Speak to that. I mean, that's why you're a great, you know, Penn State letterman to talk to. Outside of just being my guy, like you said, you've had, you've been through three different regimes, which has only been maybe four or five regimes at Penn State in its entire history. Right. And you've been part of three of those. That is, it's not easy, and I don't think I think a lot of people from outside look at kids, especially in today's era of transfer portal. This kid's going there. Spending four months and he's at a different school, it's totally a different time now, but talk to us about what it was going through those three changes as a eighteen nineteen twenty year old kid, as we can say now
0: right I think the 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 greatest thing it taught me was how to adapt um mm-hmm. I think that's something that's kind of lost in you know college football today um just with the transfer portal like when you see change like you know, a kid's first instinct is to, you know, I'm going to get in this portal. I'm going to go find a new home and kind of, you know, figuring it out. But I, you know, that wasn't for me. You know, times mm-hmm. were different back then. But for me, I'm like, all right, well, we got a new, we got some new energy in here. Um, you know, let me see how this is. Let me see, you know, how I'm going to fit in and, 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 you know, make it work. Um, that's just, you know, who I was raised to be, um, how my parents brought me up and, um you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have to compete and, and do whatever, you know, wherever you go. But right. um, that's all it taught me, to be honest with you. And, and that's something I carried over into my, my everyday life and, you know, my job now.
1: Right. Yeah, I definitely see that. And we spoke off cam a little bit about, you know, we're more mature now than obviously where we were when we stepped on campus into State College. But you've had, like I said, three different coaches. I had two at Penn State. Um just give us a little give us maybe one or two tidbits about what you appreciate maybe now about each coach that you may not have realized in the moment back then.
0: Um I would say for Joe um like when we first came in like all our guys had to be, you know, clean-shaved um when we travel we're traveling in suits um you know we're looking apart how we present ourselves is everything and you know being 18 like in high school we we never traveled like that you know we mm-hmm. were we had our pads on i was like oh i'm not too sure why we're doing this but like now like as i'm you know getting up and getting dressed for work every day when i'm going into that you know that office of mine i you know i'm be- i'm putting my best foot forward and um You know, people understand what I represent by the way I dressed and how I carry myself. I think for for Bill, um, he taught me a lot about just um, responsibility. I think at that point in my career, um, I had some growing up to do. um, I was kind of in a space where um, I love playing football, but I love, you know, being outside having fun and, and doing a lot of other things and I think for him he just helped me realize like look this is the main thing you want to keep the main thing the main thing and um like I said that's something I, I teach my players today it's like all right at the end of the day you have a goal in mind how are you going to achieve this goal are these external fact factors going to help you achieve that goal if not you need to let them you know you need to let them go and um I think for Franklin I think for him he was kind of like a mix of the two, and he had a a youthful spirit coming in um, that just allowed me to see the game through a different lens. He allowed guys to, you know, one, enjoy themselves, have fun, be themselves, and I never um, got a chance to experience that. So, like, that's something I take into my coaching career. Like, I want my guys to have fun, be themselves, ultimately, you know, within, you know, our program, um, but like you know, have fun. You only get one shot doing this, so you know, go out there and enjoy yourself.
1: Right? Yeah, I I can attest to that for sure. Honestly, I'm not coaching now, but just being able to be yourself, you know, especially in this day and age, where I think players more so can more than ever. That I take a lot from Franklin as well, and I think I've said it before, but his main thing was like everything matters, and at the time, as a young kid, is like, does it, you know. I'm, I'm here to play football, go to school, but he brought that everything matters, the socks, the laces and this and that. It was very like particular, but an older, you know, man. Now I, I understand it a lot more, which I appreciate. Um, then going back, uh, like I know a little bit of your story. I wasn't there for your first few years, but you touched on it. You were a little immature. When you first came in as a big time recruit that's why i think you're a great guy to speak with i love talking to guys like that cuz you can give back to kids more than a, maybe a guy that just has you know the silver spoon of a football life because you've been through it all you know went through some stuff but ultimately you fought through and ended on a high note and i think that's you know very valuable as a uh, as a coach to just give back wisdom we had juan johnson a couple weeks ago and i was there for his career He's killing it in the league now as a tight end. But I remember he got on campus as a big recruit as well. Mm-hmm. And it was a little rough, you know. Everything wasn't necessarily falling into place, but he put his head down, went to work. Even Mike Jusicki, um, he had a very, very, you know, tough season or two when he first got on as another big recruit. Yeah. And also put his head down, went to work, and, you know, once again, ended on a high note. So can you talk to us about that, just your early, early journey before you became, you know. The bill Belton and that's scoring game winning touchdowns and part of penn state history
0: i yeah i I mean for me, I just think um those those lower moments in my career kind of one built character for me um and it made me the player who I needed to be um one for myself and for our team I knew um Early on, coming into my career, I'm like, all right, well, you know, coming out of high school, I'm used to doing X, Y, and Z. People are telling me, like, oh, you're this, you're that. And you never really, like, think about how much that stuff kind of factors into, you know, your everyday personality. It's like, all right, well, these people think I'm great, and I'm naturally that. But, um, you know, looking at it from, you know, an 18-year-old perspective, um, opposed to, you know where i am now a lot of that praise wasn't good back then it wasn't Mm -hmm. you know anything that could really build off of and i'm not saying i need to be around people that were super negative but you need you know at 18 you need guys and you know people in your life that are going to keep you grounded and help you understand that you know this is what you need to focus on and um, like i said before once i once i experienced the low and um experienced what it was like to kind of dig myself out of that hole and um kind of get back to that mountaintop i i i knew like exactly um who i wanted to be Mm. what player i wanted to be and i'm like all right well i'm never going back to that right never going back to that and um i think that was the biggest um change in my career i'm actually grateful for um all the, you know, the tough times I experienced because it made me want a a better person, a better player. And then, you know, ultimately for my future, it made me a better coach. Amen. Yeah, I can see
1: that easily. And I hope your kids, you know, they buy into your words, as I'm sure they do. And then the future kids that you come across, because that's big time and just in life. And that's why I love football, because it emulates life. Obviously, everything you're talking about was your football career. But as you said, I know you take that with you now into your everyday life. So it's big time, man. You make a true impact on these kids. And speaking of that, you know, you're coached down at uh, Winslow. I know you got some big time recruits down there. And we've been talking all about it a little bit, you know, this day and age in college football. What can you say? Like, I have hear a lot. The transfer portal is really hurting the high school kids and these recruits. Is that true? Is this something you can speak to?
0: Um. Yeah, I think it plays a part in um, their recruiting. Um, What I tell my guys are, um, you know, you go from competing against just, you know, high school kids across the country and being the number one player in the country to you competing against that and, you know, grown men that are in the portal. So um, the goal is coming out of high school to be, you know, the best player you can be. to be the fastest, you know, player you could be, to be the strongest person you could be. And ultimately, yeah, you're not just competing against that that kid from California or Florida or Texas. You're competing you're competing against, you know, that kid that's transferring from from Rutgers or from Delaware or from, you know, wherever Maryland, wherever the school is. So you want to put yourself in a position where, you know, these staffs can kind of view you as somebody that they would, you know, take over a transfer guy or a guy that they want to be able to develop and see a future with opposed to, you know, going in that portal and, and putting a bandaid over a situation that they need now. Mm. Yeah. I
1: like that. Putting a bandaid over it. Yeah. A lot of kids try to do that.
0: And I think you said it off camera
1: before is how can you show that you're an asset to this coaching staff, to the program and ultimately to the school, because a lot of money involved as we know. So
0: absolutely,
1: that's big time for these kids. And, Once again, I'm I'm sure you're a great resource for them. But getting into you at Penn State, like I said, part of the Super Six. You're the first one, actually. And that just dawned on me. We got to get all six now. Absolutely. Boys, Deion may be a little tough because he's on staff. There's a lot of rules and everything like that. But touching Uh on that, man, I've been very public about it. It makes me like. it was
0: joy in my heart seeing Dion up
1: there doing his thing.
0: Absolutely. How does that make you feel? what do you have to say about that? Hey, I, I love it, man. I can't be more excited for him. You know, I feel like once he was able to get on, I feel like, you know, I got on, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is, you know, my, this, you know, this is my roommate. This is my guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We from the same, same area. <laughs> like, you know, I'm celebrating for him. You know what I mean? I'm telling everybody back right around the way. Yeah, my man, he's a D-line coach at Penn State. He's doing this down the third. I'm just, you know. I'm very excited for him. And, you know, I think Franklin is doing a good job with just bringing, um, you know, former Letterman back around and, you know, putting them in a position to kind of like, you know, help the program and, you know, just have guys that, you know, play there and, and just understand what it's like to, you know, yeah. be a student athlete there. I think it's a, you know, great thing that he's doing.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely is. You know, they wore, he wore the shoes. Been in the locker room, in the city, in the town. You know, it definitely pays dividends. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you about as far as the running back room at Penn State right now. You've been there. You've done that. Like I said, part of big-time moments in Penn State history, which we'll get to in a little bit. But as you said, man, being a coach that's done it, what can you say about being a running back at Penn State?
0: I think – it's a tremendous honor to be honest with you. I think they've been doing a a really good job of having great backs come through there. Uh, The backs they've, they've been getting, you know, since I was there are like extremely, extremely talented. Um, And they do a very, very good job of getting those guys there, developing them and, um, you know, turning them out into the pros. And, um, you know, I can't say nothing but positive things about what they've been doing over the past, you know, uh, you know, decade or however long you want to go back. Um, but, you know, they're doing a great job.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And right now we got k
1: Allen, <clears throat> Nicholas Singleton, kind of a one-two punch. And I know you know about one-two punch, you know, Zach Zwinak, even a younger Akil Lynch, yep. uh, kind of in hindsight, right, hungry for his chance. And as a former running back myself, I thought I was going to be a D1 guy, toting the rock. Once again, I'm kind of a little jealous because, like you said, it's a tremendous honor to just tote the rock at D1 in general, but at Penn State University with the lineage and everything like that. So never got a chance to do that, but I thought I was going to be that guy in high school. And my first year starting running back, I thought I was going to start, end up splitting carries. What can you say? There's a lot of hoopla about who should get more carries, but you've been through it. What can you say about splitting carries when you want, I'm sure everyone wants to be the guy. That's what makes you the athlete that you are. But, you know, what's for the betterment of the team? Or is it still something like, no, I want I want the rock? How do you kind of go about that
0: week in and week out at a D1 level? Um, the older me is like, I can appreciate that. You know what I mean? It's not a lot of trade on your tires. You can go on to each week fresh. The younger me, I'm like, all right, well, you know, let me let me tote it like 20 25 times (laughs) you know what I'm saying let me see what I could do with it but like you know at at this point like I think um the best advice that you can kind of give to a guy in that situation is just understanding like the end goal is like for y'all to get to the playoff and ultimately win a championship and it's not it's going to take you know two guys maybe three guys it's a long season you know those those hits add up I know um you no, know, Coach Huff used to tell me all the time, like you got a certain amount of hits on your body, and then you know, once it hits that count, like that—that's it. Like you only get one body. It's not like you can, you know, yeah, I know. <laughs> change change your body. It's not that. So you want to make sure that, um, obviously, you're doing what's best for the team, but it's a way to keep you know both backs fresh, healthy, and it it, it you know it gives defenses different looks. Every back has a different feel run style um you know their running gate is is different you know how they finish runs is different so um it's a nice little you know change up and you know any any team in a country would be um excited to have two backs that are that dynamic in my opinion
1: yeah no for sure and speaking of coach up shout out to coach up doing his thing down there at marshall which also brings me to the point I forgot drop two peas that yeah. just signed on we were trying to get him on that may be difficult as well but shout out to Jordan Lucas as well Jordan the staff once again as you said coach Franklin's kind of bringing that that old you know really the dogs the dogs yeah. at Penn State at one point to kind of give these kids some of that feel so shout out to drop and uh, coach up as well that's so- no that's a great point like you said especially with everything going on in the league right now and running backs and their value. It's always kind of a, a tough, you know, tough balancing act of wanting to be that guy. But like you said, tread on the tires is very important for these guys because I know that Sunday is the aspiration. So right. hopefully they take heed to that. And once again, it's about winning. And speaking of those guys, Katron kind of reminds me, he's talking about running style a little bit more of you. Let me talk about, at least talking about you and Zwinak. One two punch, Nick and Catron right now. Ktron kind of has a little bit more smooth vision, zone read type of game, sees it, I think, a little bit better than Nick, but maybe lacks the quite burst that Nicholas has, like mm-hmm. straight out the gate. And I know you uh a big fan of Arian Foster. Yeah. You know, back in his day. Can you give us any kind of uh, similarities you see out of these backs right now?
0: If you if you uh uh you... I'm gonna start with singleton. I don't know if it's the number ten or what, mm-hmm. but like he gives me like Pacheco vibes for some reason. I don't know what it is yet. Um mm-hmm. you know, Pacheco probably runs a little bit more anger. Mm-hmm. But like <laughs> nobody run more anger. Yeah, he he runs
1: up, Jersey legend? Shout out to Pacheco.
0: Yeah, but, like, maybe it's the jersey number, but I, I love Singleton's game. I think, you know, he has home run ability. Um, you know, when he gets downhill, he gets downhill, in a, you know, in, in a hurry. Um, and puts pressure on the defense, forces guys to react. Um, I think Allen, um, like you said, is, is, is very, very smooth. He has good short area quickness and short, mm-hmm. you know, great feet. Um, as far as like behind a lot of scrimmage, pressing the line, you know, finding creases, getting North and South and then leaning on you at the last minute. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, they, they, they complement each other very, very well. So, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of both your games.
1: Yeah, for sure. And one thing I would say about Alan too is he is a bigger or at least stockier stronger dude. than I think a lot of his opponents, you know, feel or see until he's up on you and then he lowers his shoulder. Right. And you said, Nicholas, if he builds up speed, it's funny you say Pacheco. Early in his career, I kind of saw him as almost like a Jamal Charles, like, foot in the ground, boom, get out of there. Also a Chief. So, appreciate that. And uh, hopefully these guys take heed. Looking forward to it. I don't want to take too much of your time. So, Bill, I appreciate you. You can, uh, if you want... Let the fans know, you know, where to follow you, where to keep
0: up with your life updates, Winslow football,
1: and everything like that.
0: Um, you can follow me on, um, you know, Twitter, Instagram, at Chill Bellin. Um Follow Winslow football, Winslow Township football, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you know, look out for a bunch of big things coming out of that program. We got a, you know, a great program, a ton of, you know, great kids great athletes, guys that are bringing in, a, you know, a bunch of attention and hopefully, you know, someday we can get one of them, one at least one or two of them, you know, in that, you know, blue and white.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. You, do you pull up your, your highlights for them? Do you yeah. Them like- you know, you know, I got Sean, you know what I mean? Like coaching, <laughs> coaching ain't, coach ain't that old, you know what I'm saying? I right. Right. Up. Are you a coach that's out there in cleats or sneakers? I was, I, look, I was early on, but now, like, I'm like, all right, I ain't, these kids don't now, <laughs> so I, I go out there, in my, my shoes, like, you know, I take right, right, right. a few of my kids, they're like, yo, coach, go put your cleats on, I'm trying to see what's up today, I'm like, all right, man, <laughs> let me go fix them up, and go stretch right quick.
1: Right, 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 no, I love that, once again, first member of the Super Six, was talking to Asian a little bit, got to get KC on here,
0: Big Don, who else we missing? Oh, A. Rob, got yeah. A. Rob
1: on
0: here too. That'll that'll be fire, bro. Don Don'll be fired too. You know, you just won that that you know that bowl. So what's that? Two of them? Yeah, he, he got hey, you. Got to be lucky to get. I was about to say his price might be a little high. I don't know. We'll see. Hey, bro. You know, <laughs> you, know you know, you like family, bro.
1: Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you once again, Penn State fans. Once again, Bill Bellin, legend. Appreciate your time and best of luck in the future, brother. Thank you. Appreciate you, bro. So that was Billy B again. Uh,
2: I feel bad about missing that one. I was looking forward to it, but he's 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 here in the hood, so we'll we'll get him we'll get him yeah. up and we'll we'll chop it up about some high school ball and stuff like that. We we had some fun the last couple of years. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to do it uh, this year on a day to day, game to game type basis. Um, just got a lot of stuff yeah. going on, but. Yeah. Um, had a lot of fun. I know he's, he's doing a lot of really good things and these kids, man, I'm, I'm happy for him. They got a great mentor. So Um, with that, uh, again, I think this is going to be a burner. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, Make sure you do give us feedback. We're always looking forward to it. Um, And we are paying attention and reading it and taking into account. Don't, don't, don't get that twisted. So um, make sure you guys are hitting us up on all our socials. Uh, The mothership, Mercury, state media, PSU, Bees personal social, my personal social. As we obviously post these things on a pretty consistent basis, um, check out the merch store. Merch. Uh, you know what, what's coming up? Easter. Easter's coming up. The Easter bunny needs to needs to hook we'll some St. folks Patty's up. St. Patty's
1: Day, maybe. Yeah,
2: yeah, St. Patty's Day. You know, maybe we'll get some theme stuff out there. You know what I mean? Um, but make sure you're checking out the merch store. We're always pumping out new stuff. We're gonna have some good stuff coming for this season. Um, be on be on high high alert for that support the pocket in any way you can and uh, next week is the week man we we're diving into the quarterback room i think next week's the week diving into the quarterback room so we're going to dial it up with a, with 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 hopefully you know definitely one former quarterback hopefully a couple extras you guys have already heard from trace so we'll try to we'll try we get to you on a some, weekly
1: basis so they they got give me a
2: Man, people, people are getting tired of hearing about <laughs> me you know so um but we're getting that dialed in, and uh, yeah, B, another good one down, bro. I'm looking forward to these. These are getting better and better. So um, appreciate
1: you as always, and we are yes, out. sir.